Hi, and welcome to First Bite, a Nation's Restaurant News Podcast. I'm your host, Holly Petrie. Today is Friday, February 23rd, and here are your top stories. First, KFC is bringing its interpretation of pizza to the U.S. KFC's Chizza features two extra crispy fillets topped with marinara sauce, mozzarella cheese, and pepperoni. Second, Taco Bell unveils more than a dozen new menu items. The food ranges from a five-item chicken menu to a Baja Blast gelato. Third, Annie Ann's and Cinnabon parent company Focus Brands rebrands to go-to foods. The Atlanta-based restaurant company is undergoing a brand evolution, signaling its transformation into a platform company. Fourth, Jack in the Box and Del Taco highlight value amid consumer nervousness. Parent company sees some challenges with attach rates for those under $45,000 income. And finally, Wingstop's U.S. same-store sales rose 21.2% in Q4. For fiscal year 2023, the fast casual brand saw transactions drive 18.3% domestic same-store sales growth. Now let's dive deeper into one of these stories. Chefs Jennifer Hua Doberton, Ruman Asaram, and Lauren Smith have all crafted impressive resumes in their respective hometowns of San Antonio, Philadelphia, and Phoenix. But as is often the case in the restlessly creative world of culinary, they all want more. For now, Doberton, a repeat 2023 and 2024 James Beard Award semifinalist, is busy running Best Quality Daughter, which she first opened alongside two friends in 2018 and five years after opening her first brick-and-mortar concept, Hot Joy. Best Quality Daughter has since become a San Antonio staple, featuring Asian-American cuisine with a South Texas influence. Ruben Asaram, who was trained at the Culinary Institute of America and now owns and operates Ruby in Philadelphia, blends Mexican and Indian flavors. Asaram has a background in fine dining, but left to travel as much of the world as he could. The experience inspired him to since create colorful pop-ups throughout his city, which has become his signature. Lawrence Smith is a bit newer to the scene, working his way up from line cook to sous chef to executive pastry chef. In early 2022, he opened Chilte in Phoenix, which he describes as experimental, modernized Mexican cuisine. For more on the story, let's turn to Alicia Kelso. So Alicia, Taco Bell has partnered with some independent chefs uh, to help revolutionize their crunch wrap. Can you tell me a little about what this is? Is that interesting? I think that's interesting. So I, I actually got the chance to talk to these three emerging chefs. Uh, was it last week? The week before when I was in Las Vegas for Taco Bell's Live Moss Live uh, event. And this is, they were picked, handpicked by Taco Bell um, to come in and like you said, reimagine one of their most popular, uh, menu items in the crown trap wrap Supreme. And the reason they were picked is part of this TBX program, what Taco Bell is calling its TBX program. It's a new program. This is the first year. The intention here, uh, is to basically support emerging chefs, shine a light on them, all that stuff. And, uh, you know, they're doing so with these three sh- chefs off the get-go, uh, Jennifer Doberton, Ruben Asaram, and Lawrence Smith. They all have their own concepts in their respective hometowns of San Antonio, Philadelphia, and Phoenix, uh, you know, and they all have a pretty deep experience in this industry. Doberton, for example, is a uh, repeat 23 and 24 James Beard Award semifinalist. So really, really cool backstories about these three. Um, but when I sat down and talked to them to try and understand, you know, what the draw was here, maybe from Taco Bell's point of view, it, it, it sort of became clear. Uh, all of them have really unique flavor 
profiles uh, and influences within their own respective concepts. Um, Doberton, for example, has Asian American cuisine with a South Texas influence. Um, and uh, Asaram, who is trained at the Culinary Institute of America, he operates, uh, owns and operates Ruby in Philadelphia, which blends Mexican and India, Indian flavors. And then Lawrence Smith, um, who has um, his concept in Phoenix, describes his cuisine as, quote, experimental and modernized Mexican cuisine. So Taco Bell handpicked these guys, brought them into their test kitchen, is bringing them into their test kitchen again uh, in March. And then throughout this year, ideally, the objective here is by the end of the year to have their unique twists on the uh, Crunchwrap Supreme on menus by the end of the year. So that's really cool, right? It, but I think, you know, the, the the bigger story here perhaps is the fact that Taco Bell is tapping, you know, these partnerships with these emerging chefs. Taco Bell is tapping these partnerships with small startup businesses. Uh, you know, Taco Bell has been doing this really in earnest for the past two years or so. And I think it is all feeding into a, a bigger trend that we have talked about here at NRN at length about, you know, co-creation, um, whether that is via influencers, um, you know, taking over social media accounts um, or what we have here with the co-creation with the chefs or tapping a small company like Beekeeper, you know, to co-create a, a new cold brew on the Taco Bell menu that, that will be in test later this year. And you know, this was something that really uh, struck me at that Live Moss event. You know, there were sporadic amount of, of traditional journalists like myself there, but most of the people covering, um, you know, this event were, you know, influencers, TikTok influencers and, and so forth. And, and this is the way that it's going. And, you know, again, we've talked about this at length, how influencers are sort of becoming this necessity for restaurant brands. And, you know, along those lines, they can, you know, they can sort of level the playing field here uh, on a marketing level. Cause you can, you can partner with an influencer, you know, that is local, uh, you know, with, with a, with a set amount of followers up to a celebrity. And, and, um, you know, coincidentally, I had this, uh, this event earlier this week where I had the opportunity to talk to, uh, Chick-fil-A's external media team. And they had a lot of questions for me and how we do our jobs. And one of their biggest questions that they kept coming back to is, you know, how do we work, uh, you know, in tandem with these influencers that are increasingly showing up at these events? And I, there obviously has to be space for both of them. And, um, and it all goes back to the fact that, you know, this, this shouldn't be a competition or anything like that, but brands that tap into, you know, their, their fan base, especially to do this co-creation, whether it's via menu or content in general on social media and elsewhere, I think is the really, really the smartest thing that any brand can do right now. And the reason is, as these three chefs that I talked to pointed out, it makes these big corporate brands accessible. Uh, it makes them more um, just relatable. And, and that has never really been a, really a conversation in the past. You know, I don't think 10 years ago, um, people would be like, oh, Taco Bell, they're so relatable <laughs> or so accessible. 
but by tapping these emerging chefs with one or two units and and tapping these these influencers uh, you know to to show these videos that, that they created on YouTube, they are providing access and and sort of um, democratizing uh, you know, not just again, not just the menu, but this content. And I think this is a trend, honestly, that is, that is here to stay. In fact, yesterday, McDonald's um, launched a, a new campaign that was entirely focused on anime. And one of their senior directors of marketing tweeted about the campaign um, and, and how it came about and basically said, this is another example of the brand's commitment to, quote, share the pen with fans and celebrate the cultures we've been part of organically. Uh, seeing the anime world take over our stores is something I cannot wait for. So certainly by any stretch, Taco Bell is not the only uh, company that is, quote, sharing the pen, if you will, or sharing, you know, the test kitchen in Taco Bell's case. And, it, 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 you know, again, to reiterate, this feeds into a much broader um, trend that is accelerating across concepts of all size. This is not going to be just a thing at Taco Bell. I think smaller concepts um, have and will continue uh, to seek these co-creation opportunities out to make them uh, you know, more uh, accessible in the future. I think we're um, early days here. And I think it's really exciting you know, when, when, when someone can actually say something like, uh, you know, this is bringing more approachability uh, to innovation uh, beyond what the corporation itself would do, you know, that's obviously what consumers, in particular young, younger consumers, want. They want to co-create. They expect to co-create now. And that is what makes uh, these brands more, more, like they said, approachable. Um, so the question here that I cannot answer uh, is how do brands, you know, leverage this trend? How do they tap into this desire and that is quickly evolving to become an expectation to co-create with their fans. Um, and I think that's something that we at NRN are keeping a really strong pulse on, and we will definitely be covering this, you know, more uh, as this year progresses. Um, and in the meantime, you know, I think it's important to take a page from brands like Taco Bell who are tapping fans, not, again, not only to, to co-create the content, but also in this instance, the, the, the menu items. Um, so stay tuned here. We will obviously keep you posted. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode of First Bite. We'll be back on Monday with a brand new one. Until then, stay up to date with all your news on NRN.com.